because I'm an ear, nose, and throat and head and neck surgeon. But in July of 2020, I saw a patient in the office for balance issues, both dizziness and vertigo. We did a full workup, center for the appropriate tests. I never saw her back. I did receive a letter about a month and a half later from the Texas Medical Board. They were investigating me for not wearing a mask. Of course, it was a surprise to me because I didn't think that I had to wear one in my own office. I'm in private practice. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. Well, thank you for joining me again. I want to first thank my Patreon supporters, Shell Pace at the self-made $50 level. I have Sam and Angela Shelke at the $20.20. We have the Plandemic Reprimando at $17.76 tier with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, who was a guest on this show, Frank. We have a self-made $10 level with Kevin. We have the Refined Not Burned at $5 with Lin Linda, Emmy, Joe, Pattenbev, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Dawn, Jennifer, and the Courage is Contagious at $1, Amanda, Jay, Spetsnancy, Durrell, Susan, BB King, who is a guest, and Rick. Thank you so much for, for supporting, for giving me help. I try to get these episodes out to y'all much sooner than everyone else gets to see them, so you get some early access. Today I have a wonderful guest. I have Eric Henson, and what's really unique about his case is... I've spoke to a doctor who's who is being indicted for for destruction of government property. Well, Dr. Henson actually lost his medical license for a period of time in the state of Texas, which is allegedly a red what people think is a red state. But what I've learned over the past few years is that it is it is not conservative. There is very little conservatism in the state of Texas. So, sir, wonderful having you on. I appreciate being here. Thanks for having me. Tell us some of your story. What happened? How did how did the whole thing unfold? So back in 2020, when this so-called pandemic, which I refer to as a scamdemic, started, it was in the spring when things were starting to roll. The governor of Texas, being Greg Abbott, issued a mask mandate, and that proceeded to go for about four months or so until it got dropped in the in the fall but during that time in july of 2020 i saw a patient in the office for balance issues both dizziness and vertigo and so what ended up happening is is that we did a, a full workup and center for the appropriate tests i never saw her back i did receive a letter about a month and a half later from the texas medical board indicating that they were investigating me for not wearing a mask which, of course, was a surprise to me because I didn't think that I had to wear one in my own office, which is I'm in private practice. The reason that this individual came to me is I'm an ear, nose, and throat and head and neck surgeon, and I obviously treat balance disorders. <clears throat> so what ended up happening is, is that we responded to them indicating that you know it was not appropriate for me to wear a mask. I cannot examine patients who wear masks because of my specialty. We also explained that in our county, we had less than 20 cases. And per the, per the mandate, if you had less than 20 cases, you were not required to wear one, which obviously went nowhere. And so we ended up having lawyers involved, which you know we were going back and forth with the medical board 
Unfortunately, during that time, my attorney at the time, his father had a hemorrhagic stroke and ended up being admitted to the hospital. So he was spending time with him trying to deal with that. Uh, we missed what what they indicated was some sort of deadline. And we tried to tell them that, you know, my lawyer is tied up with this. We, you're going to have to get more time for us to respond to what I refer to as ridiculous you know, charges. And they subsequently ignored that. And I was brought to, I was called to a meeting in the spring of 2021. I believe it was in May. And during that time, they asked me what, you know, why I did what I did. And prior to that, we had submitted probably 50 years of science. And I went through the entire thing, what it was, why we did it, and, and everything. And of course, this is my, to borrow a friend's phrase, this is my sandbox. This is where I play. And so I went through everything. And the only physician that was on the board, oddly enough, was an obstetrician, which is ridiculous because he's not even an airway doctor, even a little bit. Other than being a surgeon, he had no clue of what he was talking about within my area. I, you know, here, here we are. So within about five minutes after they went and deliberated, they came back and said, you're guilty. You didn't follow our mandate and a rule, and we don't care about the science. We don't care about your patients. And they actually said that to me, which I was shocked. So we ended up fighting it for about three or four months, pushing it around. We ended up getting hold of an attorney who used to work for the medical board. We thought, okay, we've got somebody here that's got some inside baseball. He'll go ahead and we'll work through this and just let it go. Prior to them sensing me or, or, or giving me my punishment, which was a $500 fine, do CMEs outside my specialty, retake the jurisprudence test, and then go ahead with, and then they put on my website that I was an unprofessional doctor and I deceived my patients, which is what really torqued me because it was affecting then the business. So prior to them doing that, you had the Shelley Luther case in Texas where the hairdresser lady got put in jail for trying to keep her business open and try to make a living. Well, the governor subsequently rescinded not only the mandate, but also all penalties, which should have wiped everything down. But the medical board would not stop. I mean, they came hard. So in, in October, they threatened to not only report me to the National Practitioners Bank, they, report, they were threatened to take me to court and then go after my license. So we, I made a judgment call to extend this out as far as I could because I couldn't lose the practice, I wouldn't be able to fight. I would have no income, have no money. I wouldn't be able to get my license in any other state. So we signed a document, which was a, a non-disciplinary meeting. What does it mean when they report you to the National Practitioner Data Bank? What does that mean for the layperson? So basically what that is, is a clearinghouse for all of us, yourself included, <clears throat> where if you do something wrong, you get suspended, you get in trouble for something, felonies, whatever have it, they report you to it. And then now insurance companies, other states have access to it where you may have licenses. And then what they do is that they can use that against you, which is what they're doing to me right now. One of my insurances has dropped me and we're fighting to get it back because it obviously has nothing to do with medical or surgical. And of course, the lawyers are involved and we're writing letters to try to get that taken care of. They also, I have, I have multiple licenses in other states and I've had to explain to them what this is about. And I'm sure they, I'm sure it's a joke to them because it's over a mask that nobody wants. In particular, it was Florida, which is where we, you know, where Governor DeSantis thinks that this is all a crock. And so 
that is a that's a big bruise and a big black eye in a lot of physicians because once you get it there it's virtually impossible to get everything cleaned up though we will use this to our advantage i believe in court because they had no right to do it it was a non-disciplinary action what what they supposedly tagged me with and it didn't even exist at the time that they did tag me for this so with all that being said in the once i didn't fulfill their all their agreement that i said i would do we had another meeting in April of this year, a couple of weeks ago, and they wanted again to know why I didn't do it. I explained to them, you know, I'm in private practice. We do not have time for this. I don't think it's right. We explained the law. We explained everything that this just, I have a right as a physician to make a judgment call on what I do regarding, you know, my medical practice. As long as it's within the standard of care and is not hurting anybody, you and I as physicians have a right to make that and that's a law and it's well documented in in case law especially here in texas and so we we presented that and all they said to me is that we don't care you didn't follow our you know what you signed the, the document you signed to to do it and what was even more of a joke like the first meeting we had is the physician that was on there wasn't a head and neck surgeon wasn't a pulmonologist was no airway person at all she actually asked me how do you, you know, he says, well, you say that masks do harm. And I said, yeah, they do harm. And he said, well, how do they do harm? Explain that to me. And I was frightened by that comment because we had already given them, you know, decades of, of science. I now went back even 100 years to the Spanish flu pandemic. And I went through everything. I went through all the articles from Rancourt to Meehan to Russell Blaylock's article, and then, of course, the Cochrane Report, which was just recently came out, which was supposed to be published in early 2020, which would have put all this to bed. But Bill Gates had donated, I believe, $1.5 million to that, for the Cochrane Report. And so the editor held up the, the report being published, which was, I think, research was done by Jefferson and his colleagues. <clears throat> so subsequently, they deliberated for about two minutes, came back and said, we'll suspend your license because you didn't do anything that you asked to do. A couple, three days later, some things got done, lawyers got involved, and as of the following Monday, I received my license back. Um, I was subsequently back at the hospital operating, but unfortunately, the following week, I'm now suspended from that hospital because of everything that happened, even though it has nothing to do with medical or surgical, nothing. It's over a mask that I'm right on, and the literature backs me up, and the law backs me up. So this is this is the overreach of government. Why, you know, myself, you, and other physicians have to fight so hard because if they get a, if they're allowed to do this, there's no there's no going back. Right. First, they come for us and they control us and they they use the chilling effect to silence people like you and me so that no doctor ever speaks their mind, and then we never get the truth, and then everyone is a controlled sheep. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I've been, I've had people go after me for the, for telling people not to get the shot. My background, it may be like yours too. My background is in molecular biology. And so I did a lot of genetic work and I remember, you know, all, everything that was going on. We were doing studies back in the eighties on all of this. And when this was starting to come out, I warned everybody, do not get this. This is not a vaccine. This is genetic therapy. And we don't know where those genes are going to go once they're starting to be made. And now you're seeing the damage for it. And I had a gentleman yesterday in my office that I normally take off an occasional skin cancer here and there. 
He now has chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which is now a known problem with the shot. I've got articles on that. He's now got tumors all over his skin, everywhere, squamous cell, basal, you name it, he's got it. He's lost probably about 90 pounds since the last time I saw him, and that was probably four months ago. This man is an absolute wreck, and he's had five shots. Wow, that's just incredible. In in a declaration that I made for the for Senator Ron Johnson about the DMED data, in there I put some information about a patent that I found from 2014 where they used, it was a slightly different nomenclature back then. They didn't call it lipid nanoparticles, but they were long-chain hydrocarbons, which are the same thing. And they saw that it suppressed the immune system. Well, this is what happens when you suppress the immune system. You get cancers, you get parasites, you get infections, you get all these terrible things. Well, and that's exactly what happened. I tried to tell my patients, I talked about the toll-like receptors 3 and 4, which is your monitoring system for cancer, and then toll-like receptors 7 and 8, which are for infection, which you just mentioned. When I tell, I tell people, I, I liken the toll-like receptor part of our immune system to that of an alarm system. For your, for your immune system. Basically, if that's turned off, these things will run rampant. You no longer have anything monitoring in your body, and you're starting to see the damage from this. I've got people showing up that have infections all around their mouth. We've got herpes. I've got you know, fungal infections that are just out of no, and otherwise healthy people. What I'm also seeing now is a lot of oral cancer that is HPV positive which is, you know, and we test that when, when we do biopsies, we get what's called a, a P16. And what we're seeing now is an increase in HPV, squamous cell carcinoma in the head and neck, which would be secondary to turning off the ability to eat, monitor cancer, but also for viruses, which is the toll-like receptor. It's, it, this is an absolute disaster. And they knew this back in 2014 when that patent was made. And even DIC, disseminated intravascular coagulation, was, was found in there. Yeah. In fact, I have stuff from 2000, and I think in 2001 and 2002, where they were doing studies with this particular type of therapy, and not one animal survived the study. All of them died. Half of them died within the first, I think, a few days. The other half were sterilized, and the rest of them subsequently succumbed to the to disease after. So we know that this is uh, we know this is not working, and and we knew it back then. That was twenty years ago. And you know you, we talk about the genetic therapy, which is a problem, but I think that's half or less of the problem. I think the other half, or more than half, is these lipid nanoparticles. They're mm -hmm. not validated for human use. And that's nope. that's the problem I'm having is I, I actually have a meeting before the Texas Med Board because I was unprofessional and gave misleading information, which is straight from the safety data sheet from the manufacturer that says that these are not validated for human use. And you'll bring that to them, just like what they're doing to you, they're doing to me, the same thing, unprofessional, you're deceiving your patients. And this is these are just terms or, or phrases that they use to get you and how the, and how they go after people. And I think, you know, talking to the people I've been doing, some of the investigator, investigative reporters, and even when I was on Glenn Beck, I brought all this stuff up. And this, this needs to be brought to light because the, the medical board is actually out of control. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Hall. He's a senator. He's not my senator. Oddly enough, my own senator has never contacted me. But my point is, is that it's, it's a resource for you to call Bob Hall who has actually been fighting the medical board. I actually think they hate him more than they hate me. 
and they, they just it, it just it's out of control and these people need to be slapped down they are not they are not serious people i have yet to run into a doctor at that board that is a in my specialty probably not into yours and would have any have any idea what's going on they just get appointed they get there it's something to put on their resume and they make these judgment calls based on these silly rules that they come up with or these these man these mandates that, that politicians come up with it's it, something humorous i had a patient yesterday in my office contact the governor's office and asked for dr abbott and you know the person answered the phone and said, "Well, doctor, Governor Abbott is not a doctor." He said, "Well, then why did he make this man, mask mandate and override my own physician, Doctor Henson's, you know, authority on masks?" I mean, this is how silly this has gotten. So technically, these people are practicing medicine without a license. Where you and I, you know, do have licenses. We went to school. We passed all of our resin, or our, we did residencies, and we passed all of our boards. And I still don't understand why we have state medical boards that have to grant us our license. I don't get my, I, I, they had nothing to do with me getting my medical license, getting my residency and passing my boards. I, I don't understand why we have these. I refer to them as basically money laundering or a shakedown. That's what, that's, they get money from us for no reason. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. And they're, they're like the Gestapo. They, they gave nothing in, but yet they can take everything away. They can limit our life, liberty, and property without due process. And that's exactly what's happening to me, and it already happened to you. Yeah, and, and, and in fact, that's, and that's what I mean. They're, they are, they're going after your First and your Ninth Amendments. And I, and I highly recommend, if, and I'm sure you and your lawyers already know this, but we're going after them for going after my First Amendment, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of, well, it used to be life, liberty, and pursuit of property. Now they say happiness, but it's actually property originally. You know, and then, of course, the Ninth Amendment. And it's unbelievable that they have this. There is now some groundswell of going after the Federation of State Medical Boards because they are not a government agency. And to and what they're doing is they're going between, you know, the specialty boards and the Federation, and that's a RICO violation. So if we can get multiple doctors and multiple things in multiple states, we can go after this and bring these, bring these people down once and for all. That'd be great to be able to do that, to get the RICO Act, because that's what they are. They're, they're racketeering. They're, they're not using rule of law. They're just a, a bunch of thugs. They are. They come up with these rules. That they're not based on anything. And you and I have to base all what we do in science. Everything has to be done, and, and even when I go to surgery, I have to go over the criteria for surgery, why I'm making this call, what are the risks and benefits, and, I, and I'll explain to them where it all comes from and why I have criteria, and this criteria is based in, in a lot of studies and a lot of research. They just come up with things, and they came up with this mass thing, or they came up with this supposed you know, vaccine, which it's not, it's an experimental gene therapy shot that we now know is killing people and causing ex exceedingly large amounts of morbidity. And yet nobody wants to turn this thing off. It is shocking to me. So what's helped you change the tide to at least get your license back, even though you're now suspended at a hospital that you were practicing at? So what ended up happening, they wanted me to do the th they wanted me to do three things. Well, they took $500 from me right away, which that irritated me no end. But then they wanted me to take the jurisprudence test, which did get magically done. And then they wanted some CMEs. But prior to us doing any of this or getting that information to them, they changed the rules at the very end, which I think being on Glenn Beck probably helped. What they said was, is that, okay, if you just do the jurisprudence test, we'll give your license back within, within 24 hours. 
So what ended up happening is I had my lawyer call a lawyer at the Texas Medical Board, who I'm not sure if he's still there, but his father is a physician. So he was somewhat understanding of, of the ridiculousness of this. And he talked with that particular attorney at the board and said, okay, if he just does this, we'll give him his license back. Well, what the clowns did is they went ahead and still reported it to everything, which is now what's causing most of the damage, including the hospital. The hospital's mad because they said you operated without a license, which I didn't. We did a screenshot on Wednesday, which was my surgical day, showing at 10 o'clock in the morning or thereabouts, my license was still intact as per the Texas Medical Board website. So I had every right to do it. And I was going to operate because I had a gentleman that we admitted to the hospital the night before for coagulation therapy. He is in renal, excuse me, in kidney failure, I'm sorry, liver failure. He has cirrhosis. So in order for me to do the, the operation, we had to get him on fresh frozen plasma and platelets and whatnot. So we admitted him the night before so because he had a growth in his airway, which was narrowing his airway. So I, I, you know, I moved forward with what was right for the patient as of the following day, my license had not been suspended per their their medical board. And so we went forward. Well, what ended up happening is the hospital said, well, you operated knowing that your license was suspended. No, it wasn't. There was no clarification. The medical board has two things that they were doing. If you were a danger to your patients and society, then they would take it immediately. If there was a, a reason, like say you didn't do CMEs, you didn't do the jurisprudence test, whatever, then there would be a, a drawdown to get rid of it, especially for a surgical practice. And so we had called him immediately and said, we need a clarification on this because he has this case tomorrow plus other ones and whether or not to proceed. And we, we didn't get a call back. So we have all this documentation that we tried to give him a call, but no one called me back. And so we went ahead and moved forward based on what had been, what the historical information was and the fact that they had not on my on the profile on my on the Texas Medical Board website I was still my license was still intact so the hospital of course lost their mind and said oh you couldn't do this you shouldn't have operated but we proved to them that I still had a license at the time so but they didn't the following week then they said well we're going to suspend you now well you can't suspend me now because if you suspend me because I was a danger then that wasn't the case you shouldn't have let me operate last week and they shouldn't have suspended me now because all my license and my insurance and everything is intact now. So what are you suspending me for? <laughs> and we've sent them letters. So the lawyer has sent them a letter and they haven't responded. You had mentioned you took the jurisprudence test. And if I remember correctly, isn't that test, it's not inexpensive, isn't it? Isn't it about $1,000? I, I don't know what the cost was at the time. I know the first time I took it, it was around that much. And when I took it several years ago, you couldn't do it online. Now you can do it online. When I did, I, I actually got sequestered. I had to go into a testing center and they put us in a little room and cubicle and they had people in there monitoring it, which was just ridiculous. Now you can take it online. Everything was done through the office as far as what the cost was. And you bring up a good point because the largest fine that the Texas Medical Board, based on all these things that they're going after me for and you for, is $1,000. That's it. And I guarantee it, I am way past $1,000 on what this has costed me so far. So they have way stepped over their boundaries and what they were supposed to do. Yeah, I'm in the 70K range so far with no end in sight in that about to grow exponentially very quickly because I'm fighting the Texas Med Board. 
I haven't even got my lawyer bill from the first lawyer, and I can tell you the first round was twenty five, thirty thousand. And you know, having a brand new practice that I took over that you know, and I live in a rural community, and I like it. Don't get me wrong; I it's great to be here. The people are great. The people are very supportive of what's going on. What I'm not getting support on, unfortunately, is the local the local medical community. And and I understand that they're afraid. They see what happened to me, but they're not willing to stand up. And and that's how they get us. They get us because they scare doctors into doing what they want. And I just I don't have that gene in me. It just irritated me no end that my patients were being harmed by these things, including kids. And I've got all kinds of articles on what they do from causing infection to causing cancer, recurrent disease. There's that article that was published last year out of a study in Kansas where counties that wore masks versus counties that didn't wear masks, there was a 50% increase in death in the counties that wore masks. Now, granted, it was an observational study, which is not my favorite, but 50% is a huge number. And that's a hard one to ignore. So... I bring this stuff up, but nobody seemed to care. And I warned everybody in 2021 that this would happen. You're going to make things worse by wearing these things. And they completely ignored me and said, no, we don't care. Here's our thing. So here, here you and I are trying to defend our patients and do what's right. And, and, and from what I know about your story, you did absolutely what was right. And I was in a position where I didn't have to give the shot. I could only recommend that they don't. I wrote several letters on why not to give the shot. I went through all the pathophysiology. I went through everything about it. And I did have one letter get rejected by a state agency, which is ridiculous because here in Texas, we have something called the Texas Workforce Commission. And you cannot, you cannot force somebody to take the, you know, take get it and you can't keep them from getting a job. The governor tried to pass a rule Stating that you can't, you know, fire somebody for not getting a shot, and you can't, and you can't prevent somebody from getting a job, let alone get rid of them. And it it got it never made it out of committee. I was told, and the one senator that actually, or one of the senators that led the charge and not doing it was a conservative, supposedly. And oddly enough, he's my senator. And I found that out through some other senators that were just flabbergasted. Because this would have put this all to bed. Nobody had to get the shot. Nobody had to lose their job. And now we've got people losing their lives. I have a a nephew of one of my patients. He's 19 years old. He needs a heart. And that's that's what I was saying earlier is that, you know, we think Texas is a red state, but there's nothing red about it because many of the alleged, you know, Republicans or conservatives or constitutionalists don't stand up and fight. And to be silent in the face of evil is evil itself. And, and those to those doctors in your community, I will say it because I'm saying it to all the doctors in all the communities in all of our areas because they're cowards. If they're not standing up for what's right and true and what the science is, is clearly demonstrating, they are cowards. Well, yeah, and, and you bring up an excellent point. Way back when, when maybe when I started, I don't know how many years you've been out, but I've been out for, I don't know, close to 30 years now, but most physicians were independent or they worked independently. Now you have physicians that are working for corporations, large hospital systems, so they've got what's called the golden handcuffs. They're afraid to say anything. And if they say something, then they either get, they lose their job or they get disciplined in some way. And that's how they're controlling everybody. But you're right, they are cowards, they won't stand up. And if physicians all got together, it would be great. But you know, getting physicians to do anything is like hurting cats. 
it's just it's virtually impossible and it's it's just kind of frightening that that physicians have have fallen this far to the point where they don't you know they just they, they don't know what to do so but yeah the the it's just, it's just ridiculous where physicians are now with you they should be st- all of us should be standing together but more importantly we should be standing for our patients and the fact that we don't do that is incredible you know whenever you do a procedure i do a procedure we have to do informed consent but we don't do that nobody does that anymore it's incredible i mean just the informed consent by itself is is the biggest issue you could imagine. Now, I'm in a different school of thought at this point with all I've learned about these shots is that no one should get them. I believe they're a bioweapon in part developed by China. And for any new listeners or viewers, go check out episode 33 that I did where I show you all the public source documentation of how it's a bioweapon developed in part by China. But at the very minimum, we should all agree on informed consent. Exactly. And you shouldn't force somebody to put something in their body that they don't want. And you shouldn't certainly hold their ability to make a living, like i.e. get a job or go travel. I've got several people that because they wanted to travel or they want to go on vacation or they wanted to go see somebody get married or what have you, they went and got the shot and now they're regretting it because they're sick as hell. Or they've got some sort of autoimmune problem or they developed cancer. One of my patients, she wanted to go somewhere, and now she has basic tongue cancer. No history of smoking, no drinking, nothing. Otherwise healthy, not even on any medication. Shows up, she's got a mass at the base of her tongue. I find it, biopsy it, it's positive. And it's, it's secondary to HPV, which would be consistent with what this shot does to the immune system, and in particular, toll-like receptor 7 and 8. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely insane what's going on in this world. And one thing that I've discovered is people who want to to move to, to immigrate to America legally, the United States is requiring them to get the COVID shot. I, I, I don't even know how that, yeah, yeah. We'll let anybody in the country for any reason, but you can't come unless you get the shot. That That's insane. That's Russian roulette to me. You just, you can't do it. We live in a border state. And so like they're letting men of war fighting age come across, bringing all sorts of drugs that will kill, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And yet, if you want to come over legally, we got to get you, get jabbed. Mm -hmm. Sure. My wife's from another country. She's actually from South America. And it's incredible. I mean, she, she can tell you horror stories about what it's like to be in these other countries. And these people want to come here you know, to get a better life. And this is what we're doing. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, is there any anything else that you want to leave us with? Any warnings, any places where we can get more information from you or where people can contribute to you and your, your legal fees? Sure. We, we do have a gift, send and go. It's, it, it's at gift, send and go, stop medical tyranny. And certainly like you and us, you know, we're, you know, we're just being outspent. And, you know, legal fees are piling up. So what anybody can, can donate would be great. The one thing that I'll warn everybody that, that, that follows you and watches these podcasts is that today it's me and you. Tomorrow could be them. And they need to understand that they're coming. They're coming for everybody. And unless you fall into line and do what they want, they will come after you. And that's not the America that you and I grew up with. You know, we are Americans are independent. We're, we're free thinkers. And for us to fall into this group think 
that's all bad and people better better really start paying attention because they are coming and the elites think that they can control everybody they can't and thank god there's people like you and other physicians myself included that are standing up and saying whoa there, there's something really wrong here and i i, I kind of make the analogy to the movie that since it's a newer movie called legend where the beginning of the movie starts with we've we've solved the problem we've solved cancer take this shot and next thing you know, everybody's a zombie. And so when I tell people that want the shot, I said, didn't you see the movie? You know, jokingly, of course. But I mean, this is all bad. And so people that are listening to you and I better pay attention because they will be coming for them next. Today, it's you and I. Tomorrow, it's them. And they better pay attention. And they better hope that you and I prevail in the court system and that we can tear this down and get back to doing what you and I were trained to do is take care of people. Because ultimately... You and I work for our patients, not the other way around. Precisely. I don't, even though I'm employed by the U.S. government, I work for my patient. I have whatever it would be equivalent to a fiduciary duty to my patient, not to the government. I don't do their bidding. I'm not their henchman. I protect the patient. I first do no harm and protect my patient. Exactly. We swore that oath, and I'm amazed at how many physicians have forgotten that. And maybe they forgot it because of the golden handcuffs or because they don't want to lose their, their way of life. And that's fine. But I, you know, I got to get up in the morning and I got to look at that person in the mirror and I can't do that to patients. I just can't. And these things were bad. The shots are horrible. The masks were horrible. And I, I mean, this whole thing has just been a disaster. And hopefully it, it, enough people have been woken up where they, they'll now start fighting back and saying, this has got to change. Yeah, I remember a couple of months into this talking to a pediatrician that specialized in autism and development. And I was inquiring of him and his way of thought and asking him about masks. And he's like, yeah, I think it's fine. Don't worry about it. It won't cause any problems. No, I mean, there's plenty of articles to show that masks decrease oxygen. When you decrease oxygen in a child, the organs are developing, including the brain, at an accelerated rate, so you're going to retard development. The other thing you're going to retard is there's no facial features, and that's how kids learn. And so we probably have lost a couple of generations due to this, this absolute joke of, 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 of I, I don't even know, I don't even know what's called. I call it the scamdemic, because that's what it is. There's no reason for this. The Russell Blaylock, in one of his most recent articles, wrote that the CDC was forced to admit that only 10,500 people have actually died from the, the actual virus. And that is far less than we lose from influenza, which is between 60 to 80,000 people per year. Hell, in Texas alone, back in 2017, 2018, there was a real pandemic. I believe it was between 10 and 12,000 people died, which included a lot of kids. But never no mind that. Why didn't we wear a mask then? Well, because we knew that they didn't work. The mask was, was for no other reason than it was a political stunt by the governor. He should never have done it, but he wanted to do something, I guess. But sometimes the best treatment is no treatment, or the best move is no move. And unfortunately, nobody has learned that yet. Well, thank you, sir, for being a stalwart for freedom and for truth and for liberty. And I, I pray that that you can continue this fight and you win this fight and that we all win this fight, whether it be Kirk Moore, Dr. Kirk Moore, go check out the episode I did with him and, you know, my saga that continues. But 
Yeah, we, we, we have to win this, otherwise our children won't have won't have any tools to, to fight this fight. I agree, and I wish you well in your endeavor, and, and, and of course mine, and, and Dr. Moore, and there are a whole lot more other physicians out there that are fighting this and are being hounded by state agencies. So this, this, has, got, this has got to hopefully wake up the country and wake up the electric and, and, and just say enough is enough and start supporting you know, you know, what we're trying to do, because this is ultimately for them and for our way of life. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate you giving me this time. It's been my pleasure. Look forward to talking to you soon. Okay, God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear. I recently got a new affiliate. It's Harvest Right Freeze Dryer. I've been using them since 2016. It's a great way to preserve food for long periods of time, up to 25 years if stored properly. Please take a look at it, use the link below. Thank you.